Welcome to the Yoga Teeth Podcast, mindfulness for dental professionals. I'm your host, Heather Bolton. But thank you for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it because I know you're super busy and you just got back from a big trip from Europe. And even though I met you in hygiene school, uh, just randomly for doing another interview. I feel like you've been sort of a mentor to me. You're, I feel like you're a very kind, seasoned hygienist that helps newly graduated hygienists. But uh, do you want to tell me a little about yourself? Like, is there anything that made you that way, like wanting to be supportive of others around you? Well, I've been a hygienist for 30 years. So I've worked you know, in the public, in the healthcare system. And that's just what you do is you're constantly helping people. And I think with all of the jobs and all of the offices and all of the training that I've had, the end goal is to have a nice experience in that one hour with the patient. You know, you want them to feel comfortable. You want them to come back. You want to help them. And so you just do whatever it takes to make that happen. It's not about me. It's about the patient. Yeah, I love that. It it doesn't necessarily mean like if a patient didn't like you or whatever, as long as they're getting treatment and it's another patient or another hygienist that can help them, great. That's mm-hmm. what matters. I love that you do that because I really feel like you really do that. Um, what advice do you have for newly graduated dental hygienists? I think that a new hygienist should temp. I feel like if you get experience, see what's out there, you'll be happier because you'll know what office fits you the best. Yeah, I completely agree. I I did not think that when I graduated, but then I did temp for a little while it, and I learned so much, like all these different tips from all different people. And it was so helpful because you, I wouldn't have gotten that otherwise. I think if I was just in the same office all the time, which there's just pros and cons for both. But mm-hmm. what advice do you have for seasoned hygienists for when a temp comes into their office? Well, I think like when you first came, you know, if I am available I need to be in your room answering questions being approachable you know some hygienists you know just ignore temps they're annoyed or you know don't have the time but you know we just we really need to be a team and help each other especially with the new people coming in because we're going to be in the same situation and wouldn't we want someone to give us that that help Right. I completely agree because, and I try to do that, even though I'm not as seasoned as you are. I haven't been practicing for like 30 years, but um, I know how it feels to be a temp and I've been in offices that are supportive and then others that aren't as supportive. And so, because I know how it feels, I want to try and make their life easier because it's kind of hard to just come into an office and you don't know anything about their protocols or anything like that. So Um, one office for their temps, they print out like the day sheet and then they write down like what's needed, like the treatment on each thing. 
on on each person. And I have found that super helpful. So I do that for my attempts now, especially if they're like newer grads. And that has been so helpful. And it helps the entire staff. It's not even about them. It's about us too, because then the day goes smoother. Mm -hmm. So it helps the whole office when we help one teammate. That happened to me this week. I attempted in a new office and right there was a, a simple outline of what to do, even how to turn on the radio, mm -hmm. you know, and um, just every little detailed thing. And so I read through it real quick. And since I tempt so much, I just did exactly what she said. So that worked. So yeah, that was nice to have the guidelines written down. Yeah, that is super helpful because a lot of times we don't even have a lot of time to explain it to people. So yeah. if I see an office and they have like a template, like what you said, like guidelines on what the, you should do or how to turn things on, passwords, mm -hmm. that is so helpful. I consider yeah. that kind of like a green flag for an office mm -hmm. of being supported. I agree. Yeah, I love, I love that so much. And I think everyone should do that, but I'm a little biased because mm -hmm. it just helped me a lot. What should you not do while temping? Um, I know that's kind of a hard question. Well, I think say things that you don't know. Like if I'm temping and I don't know something, I'll admit it. You know, I'll say, let me find out. I'm not sure. Or if the office wants, front office wants you to, you know, write things in the computer a certain way, make sure you do that. You know, you don't want to make them do extra work. It's just basically following what the office tells you to do is your guideline. So you don't just want to come in and do things your way. You know, there's a certain flow and a good temp keeps up with the flow. But you know, you don't know every little thing. So of course you're gonna have questions. And I think it doesn't hurt to always be able to ask questions. Yeah, I think like what you said earlier, being approachable is so vital mm -hmm. because if a, if a temp doesn't feel that way, then they are just going to feel like they can't ask. And then if we can't ask questions, mistakes could be made that could become very yeah. serious. Mm -hmm. so I think that's great. How can you, what are, do you have any examples of hygienists that aren't approachable? Like, because they might not even be like, know that they're like that. Um, I just quit an office because of the other hygienist. She was very um, to herself and not willing to talk with me very much. And I didn't know why, if maybe that was her personality, but that's hard for me not to, to be ignored and not to be able to relate to everybody. Cause I'm a team player, I wanna help. You know, I wanna know if I'm doing something wrong instead just being ignored. I, I couldn't take that. You know, if I'm doing something that you don't like, let me know and I'll correct it. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's a mind reader. So the silent treatment wasn't, wasn't going to fly for me. That was just the most recent, but I've worked with a lot of great hygienists. I, I don't appreciate when a hygienist, let's say, leaves the room empty 
you know, we should always stock the room for each other. That's really important. Refill the water, take out the trash. And most hygienists are really kind, you know, in doing that. But I really haven't come across a, a bad hygienist. I think, I think they know too what it takes to be a team player and they'll want the same thing back from me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think those are some good guidelines, like having the restocking and everything, because then it just makes the whole next day go yeah. way more smooth. And then it, yeah. um, when we do have temps, they're not going to know where things are to restock. So it's important that we have it fully stocked so that they can have a, a smoother day. Mm -hmm. And communication is the big key. Communication is so important in so many relationships in the work environment, for sure. You can communicate in a non-threatening way, you know, so that the other person knows you're open. It's simple things, simple things. If you start at the beginning doing, everybody gets along. Right. The, I feel like you're really good at like effective communicator. I feel like you create an environment that like makes people feel safe so they can be vulnerable. And that's a really good trait to have as a hygienist for when we're getting to know new patients or temps. Do you have any like tips for communicating or reading the room? Because we have to read the room fast with hygienists. We have less than an hour to be yeah. with. So my cousin, he worked with a guy that wrote the color code. And so he introduced that to us. And it's basically one of many personality tests. Mm -hmm. And then when I was, I'll get, I'll get back to that. When I worked in an office, we took the DISC profile test. You know, so these are just tools of knowing why people do what they do. And I'm always fascinated by that. And so when a person comes into the room and you ask them a question, hi, how are, how are you doing? And they say, or how are your teeth? And they say, good. You know, they don't give you more than one word answer. Okay, you're, you know what you're dealing with right off the bat. So you don't keep <laughs> talking. You don't keep, they don't want to talk to you, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe some come out of their shell, but you have to follow their lead. You know, you have to, to be um, validating because people appreciate that. If they don't want to talk to you and you keep talking to them, they're going to get annoyed, you know, but if they start talking to you and open up to you and then you open up to them, people just want to be validated. They want to know you care. They want to know you're listening. The number one important word in the English language language is their own first name so you want to say their first name you know how can I help you today it's not about barking orders you should brush twice a day floss once a day you know it's like oh I see here you have some inflammation I care about you would you like me to show you how to get rid of this inflammation then you're giving them the opportunity to take control you're telling them that you care if they say no then don't if they say yes please show me then you keep going, you know, and they walk away with the knowledge that you care. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more because um, even if I say you need to floss more, I get annoyed and I'm not even the patient. 
So like, I just think of memes like, oh, I went to the dentist again and they told me to floss more. Mm -hmm. So I think asking for permission mm -hmm. for like, oh, I see this. And then now I'm going to ask you for permission if I can give you any secret, my secret tips or guidelines to help get rid of this. And I feel like if they have, they feel like they're empowered when you do that. Yes. One time a patient told me, are you the floss Nazi? And I was like, uh, far from it. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> going to um, harass you. What are the, what are some negative words we get called or the nags? Uh, what else? You know, I don't want to be that person. No, like more of like a coach, not a lecture. Yeah. I don't want to lecture. I want to be on your team, your side. I want to help you because if someone's bleeding, their gums are bleeding profusely. I'm going to have the conversation of now bacteria can go through your bloodstream to your heart. I care about you more than just cleaning your teeth. You could have heart disease, heart issues, you know, like, come on, let's, let's really sit down and talk about how serious this is, you know, and then if you're coming from that point of view, they're going to say, wow, you know, maybe change change their habits yeah exactly and meeting them where they're at and then trying to figure out goals together instead of just saying this is your goal now like smart specific goals that are me measurable like mm -hmm. like telling them the why like the bacteria in our mouth and then also going back and saying like oh well these are some of the tips that we asked mm -hmm. to give them permission and then you know, yeah. just, uh, it's awesome because then let's ask, okay, well, they're never flossing. So how about we just floss like twice a week? What days? And then one thing, one thing that as you're talking, I'm thinking about is tongue brushing. Like someone comes into your room and you can smell their breath from the door. You're like, dude, you need to brush your tongue. You know, like you don't say that, of course, but you have to figure out a way and getting them to brush their tongue will change their life mm -hmm. because people don't want to be around others that have really bad breath. And 90% of it is brushing your tongue, right? And so like just that connection or they'll say, you know, my wife says I have bad breath and then you start, okay, well, let's figure it out, you know? And then you're like, let's brush your, you know, let's give you a tongue scraper and then then the, just little things, you know, you don't want right. to be like, oh, your breath stinks. You need to brush your tongue. You have to figure out a hook. Right. Well, the thing is, I think personalizing it, like what you're doing, like instead of just attacking them, mm -hmm. it, it kind of humanizes the whole experience. Mm -hmm. You're doing it that way. So I think that can be really powerful because if you humanize the dental visit and just treat them kind of like a person instead of a child they're going to remember how you made them feel mm -hmm. which I feel like will make them remember to floss more if you try and make it like more about their daily habits and for their specific life instead of just having a generic tip for everyone yes yes but what do you have a funny story about tempe or an awkward story I do 
I temped um, in Park City one time and I got up at like five in the morning, you know, cause it's an hour from my house. I live in Spanish Fork. And I drove there in the dark and it was snowy. And when I got there, it was like a spa environment and the doors closed each door. So I was in this closed door with the patient and um, spa music playing. And they wanted me to um, rub the patient's neck after <laughs> with essential oils. And I was like, okay, I'm all for a good massage, but I'm not touching them in a closed room with weird, like it was, it was very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I never did it on any patient and no one, no patient even asked for it. And then I never went back. It's kind of weird. Yeah, that that's just a different. That sounds like a, a dental spa. <laughs> They're probably putting a a warm cloth on over their eyes too. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't. I wasn't prepared for that, and I didn't. I wasn't anyway. I'm sure it's a great service, but I just didn't know what I was supposed to do. Yeah, you didn't expect that. And if you don't have any experience with massaging, you could just you could make them have a horrible experience yeah. if you're not a good massager. Well, true. And I was like, why do we have to close the door? You know, what's going on here? Anyway. I have thoughts going through my mind right now. <laughs> but uh, what, um, a lot of times when I talk to new grads or students that are about to graduate, uh, temping brings a lot of anxiety up for them because we don't know the software, like, and we don't know the room. They don't know what to expect. Just like the story of like, they don't know if they're going to have to massage someone that day. Yeah. What advice do you have for those um, newer hygienists that have anxiety about the idea of temping? Well, they're going to have to get over the newness of any office, but getting there 15 minutes early so you can assess the situation, you know, where's my tray, my medium gloves, my mask, you know, get everything all set up. It takes about five minutes, 10 minutes, and then asking those key questions. How often do I take x-rays, you know, whatever. Um, I find that 90% of the places where I temp have Dentrix. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, there's Eagle Soft. Um, What's the other one? Do you know any more? Uh, open Dental? Open Dental. and Easy Dental? No, I don't know. There's two or three other ones that are, are easier than Dentrix. And so, I mean, I'm 51 years old and I, I'm not an expert on the computer. So if I can figure out all of those, you know, and it only takes me one time, I'll ask one of the assistants, hey, show me how to use the computer. I write notes so that all day long, okay, this is how you open this. This is where the x-rays go. And I carry that note around with me in my pocket. But young girls today, they can get around computers. They know, you know, these new girls out of school, they know so much. So I, I don't think the computer is going to be the problem. It's just, you know, where is everything? How often do I take x-rays? You know, things like that. You just it takes one patient and then by the second one you're you're good right yeah that i really 
think that's actually really important to arrive early for that purpose. So you can just look at the room because even if you're in an office, if you switch operatories, it could be a completely different setup. So it's good to, it just takes time, I think. And I think that if you are able to temp like what you're seeing after graduating, you're able to learn so much and just absorb it all instead of just going in to one office and only learn one way to do things. It's fun to meet new people too. I feel like yeah. you can you know, meet new people, learn new things all the time. That way it's, you're so versatile. You can do anything. If you're stuck in one specific way, then it's hard to change or it's hard to adapt. Yeah. Do you remember any of anything at all that you have loved that you either learned from a temp or while temping, like some tips or certain ways that they did things? Like for example, I while you're thinking, I had I was working at an office and something that I really liked is that on a post-it I write the patient's name what kind of x-rays I did and then just a little fact about the patient so they kind of can get an idea and then when I go and tell the doctor that I'm ready I just place that post-it like kind of behind them and so then they can look at it so I don't have to like repeat all that stuff for them and then they kind of feel a little more prepared and then if the patient has any clinical concerns too just like four bullet points that's something yeah. I learned that I really liked yeah, that's a really good idea. Um, I haven't really learned new things while temping. Um, I just try to ask a lot of questions from the receptionist or the assistant beforehand and writing them down. Yeah, I think writing things down so you don't have to ask again. Right. What about some like random tips for just hygienists in general that you've learned like throughout the years, like some of your favorite things that you do for the doctor? Like another thing that I like to do is set his gloves on top of the napkin so they're all ready for him when he comes in and making sure that the mirror and the... Yeah, I do that too. So what I do is I'm really good at selling things. So I check once, twice, three times for decay and I'll write it down on the tray cover or on a post-it so the doctor can see it. And I'll mention it to the patient. I'll say, hey, I see something suspicious here, whatever it is, maybe I'll take a picture of it and then get it in their mind so that when the doctor comes, they already know something's wrong. So I'm. that's one tip is I'm good at promoting products or you know, helping the doctor with production. I think that's really important. We're not just cleaning the teeth. We're also looking for oral cancer and decay and, you know, any abnormalities. Um, so dentists really appreciate that. They, they like it when I talk too. So when they come into the room, instead of saying nothing, hey, doctor, so-and-so, scums look great, or they have gingivitis and I showed them the bath technique or you know, and then I shut up and let the dentist, you know, you set the tone for the exam. You're the one that's setting the tone. Right. What are good ways to phrase when selling products? Like you're, for the cavities, I feel like that was a good way to phrase it. Like I found some suspicious areas. We'll see what the doctor says kind of thing, blah, blah, blah. But 
What about like selling fluoride to toothpaste or fluoride to adults or other products? Is there a certain way that you phrase things or do you just change it based on the patient? Well, I, if, if they're cavity prone, then definitely we have all the products sitting there looking at them and we have natural and the traditional. We have closest, we have um, Elementa, we have Spry, we have doTERRA, you know, we have for all the varieties, for all the different wants. So, you know, the traditional vitamins for your teeth, you know, or fluoride, things like that. Um, just having it there for them to see. It's like a visual, you know? Right. The What doTERRA product is it? Um, the Just the On Guard toothpaste. Okay. Have you seen success with that? Like in your just personal opinion, or have you tried it? I use doTERRA toothpaste every day. That's okay. my favorite. Okay. I also, there's a few. I mean, I love Elementa. It's um, one of the doctors at UVU actually developed it and it has four ingredients. It's colloidal silver, xylitol, um, the natural flavoring, and then the calcium that the teeth absorb. So it, it has a pH of 7.2 and that's the, the optimal pH we want our mouth to be. And so that, that rinse has really impressed me a lot. And the colloidal silver is obviously antibacterial. Um, we have that in our office. And then of course we have Paradex, we have all the Listerines, you know, something for everybody actually. Yeah, I think that's really great to try and give options for patients because then you can, they can decide and they get the power. Yeah. I think that you're really good about empowering other hygienists, especially like temps. I've, you came into my office and tempt a few times with me. And I was really impressed by you because even though you were the temp, you came in and helped me. So like, even if we're a temp in an office, that doesn't mean that we're the one that will need to the help, like we'll be needing the help. Like we can go in and help somebody else too. And that's super impressive when that happens. Well, thank you. I remember hygienists giving getting a bad rap being called prima donnas and I thought I'm never going to be that hygienist and if I don't have a patient I'm not going to sit around do nothing what can I do to help is just basically where my mind goes so right I think that that is a really good question for everyone to ask themselves the dental office staff the office manager, the dentist, the assistants, the temps, the hygienists, because we all have a big list of things to do. Mm -hmm. And if we just ask like, what can I do to help? I don't have anything to do really right now. Like it's going to make the whole office happier. And yeah. then we're happier kind of like, oh yeah. Help with sterilization for sure. They always need our help. Those assistants. Right. And the office would not function without the assistants. They yeah. work so hard. Yeah, they do. And they know a lot. Mm -hmm. I've learned things from assistants. I've learned things from the office staff. I think it's good to be approachable, like you mentioned, and then open-minded to like just learn mm -hmm. from everyone around us, even if they're seasoned or newly graduated. But do you have any last advice for... Uh, students or newly 
hygienists or just in general for temping? Um, well, I started a temp agency for Utah County. Utah County um, doesn't have one. Salt Lake County has a great one. So mm -hmm. if you want to work in Salt Lake County, dental staffing. And there's, of course, the Facebook page. Um, if you want to temp, it's there's so many job opportunities out there for temping. And I think it's good because, you know, the price the pay rate is is raising for us, which is good too, because uh, we work so hard. Um, so I think just get out there and try it. You can call me anytime. I have a Facebook page, an email, um, Utah County Dental Temp Agency, and I'll set you up with a doctor. I have doctors calling me every week, and there's not a lot of inventory right now. I can look on Facebook, of course, but all the temps kind of dwindled. Um, yeah, it's was, crazy. I know, I know. A lot of offices are having a hard time. So what I do is I, I just work, I teach at UVU. So I teach two days a week and then I work in an office two days a week. So I, I allow myself to be free one day a week and I just want to help. So every week I think, okay, somebody's going to need me for temping. And so I'll just make myself available in Utah County. And that way I can be there just to help. I think that's awesome. Just, just help. That is something that actually yeah. needs to happen more. So I really appreciate you being on my podcast today. Wendy, I always have so much fun with you and I could Thank talk you. to you like all day. I feel like we always just like, whenever you like come and temp with me, you we like get into this awesome discussion, but we never get to finish it because yeah. we have to work too. So yeah, it's like, oh, it's lunchtime. All right, let's chat, 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 chat. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're so much fun. I love working with you. Thank you. I love working with you, but I'm excited to be uh, temping with you again in December because the whole office loves you. Like we, we look forward to it. We have it on the calendar that you're coming in and we're like counting down the days. Well, you better have good snacks when I come. Of course, we always have snacks. That's yeah. important to have good snacks. Hey, any advice? Bring good snacks to share. Yes, exactly. Trading lunches is fun too. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you. Yeah, thank you. If you have any mindful tips that can improve a dental hygiene career, I would love to hear them. I am always wanting to improve on this important topic. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Yoga Teeth. I'm Heather Bolton, the yogi hygienist. Namaste.